This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. First of all, I want to tell you that Philadelphia already sold out in my book tour, and we had to add a second date. Also, D.C. sold out, and we can't add a second date. So if you live in uh, Los Angeles, New York, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, Portland, or Seattle, get your tickets now at CameronEsposito.com tour. I think all the dates will sell out. Also, let's say you don't live in one of those cities, but you would like to pre-order my book because it massively will help me to get on the New York Times bestseller list. Well, then you could go to saveyourselfbook.com and pre-order it right now. I swear I'm very proud of it and it's really fucking good. Hey, this week on the podcast, we have got Vicky Vox, awesome drag queen and the host of the new Earwolf show doing great with Vicky Vox. And you know what? Here's something I'll say about little Cami Esposito. Number one, we had a lot of fun in this interview. Number two, around 45 minutes in, we also had like a very serious discussion. And that is what I am bringing to you as an interviewer, joking around and laughing and asking you about your childhood. Enjoy. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still I always have guests introduce themselves. Will you introduce yourself? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Like right now? Yeah, like right now. Hi. I'm Vicky Vox, and I've done a lot of stuff and a lot of things, but I'm here on today's podcast because I wanted to be. How about that? Yeah, that's... <laughs> wow. What a perfect... What a perfect intro. Um, we have... Hey, you know what? It's... You know what? I'll go ahead and say it. We have different styles on the mic. Yeah. We're bringing different levels. Sorry. No. No. (laughs) It's Uh, it's because I'm big and I'm just used to being a little aggressive. Wait, wait. That is how you, that is, that's like, that's how you are operating in the world. You're just like, this is the energy that I'm bringing. Well, I've decided that since people look at me like I'm a wrecking ball, I might as well be one on purpose. Wow, shit. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. I'm going to take that back and own it. Yeah. That's kind of what happened. I don't even know because we we hugged a second ago. How tall are you? I'm about five and a bunch. Like, I think it's 5'11". I don't really know. I do have my double stack Doc Martens on today, though. Oh, shit. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Is this what what you have looked like your entire life? This is what I have looked like my entire life. Um, I've always been some weird mixture. You know what? I was just thinking about this in the mirror today. I was looking at myself and I said, girl, before there was non-binary, there was you. (laughs) I just looked at myself and went, I've always been kind of like in the middle of stuff. Sure. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. I was just, as a kid, they called me Miss before anything. Mm. Where where are you from? Where are you from? Jersey. I'm so sovereign. Oh, I mean, congrats to Jersey, right? (laughs) I got out. There's there's another read there, which is that good for them. Yeah. Lucky them. They're very welcome. Yes. (laughs) You grew up in Jersey and- Yes, South Jersey. Mm. Mm-mm. Oh, I yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've been I've been to this. <laughs> it's area. a little rough, but it's also kind of bougie though, so yeah, very weird. Yeah, wait, talk to me about the rough part. Well, those were the like the formative years of like mm-hmm. elementary school, middle school, high school. If you didn't fit in, they would <laughs> force you to fit in. Sure. What was going on with you physically? Like, did you have long? You've long hair. I have long hair now. I didn't then. My mom always forced me to get the nice little boy cut. Why can't you just get a boy cut? Well, Mom, because I want long, flowing locks. <laughs> you do have long, flowing locks. I just want some long, flowing locks, yeah. Joyce. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember at one, one year in middle school, I dyed my own hair. It was awful. What but did there you was do? A, well, like, what are we talking about here? Because you no, have, like, took, dark hair. Did you do, like, a— Yeah, I tried to bleach it. Uh-huh. I knew that's I knew that's where we were going. <laughs> exactly where we were going. I tried to bleach it, but I thought I was going to give myself a highlight. Just yep. one— just a single highlight, highlight. <laughs> towards the front, <laughs> and it turned somebody's orange. Uh-huh. And then I went swimming, and it turned somebody's green. So it was real cute. And 
there was actually a soccer player, and I had shaved my head because to look like the soccer player of the World Cup team. What was his name? Tony Tony Miola, something like this. But it was like shaved around the sides, and he had a ponytail on top. Ooh, uh huh. Girl, I tried to rock it, girl. I really did. So you had shaved around the and then the little yeah. orange. I was <laughs> little orange. I feel like I have to go find these pictures. That's now. it. I feel like I know that hairdo <laughs> from like a certain era. Yeah, it was. It was a moment. There was a lot of in the nineties. Yeah, was there was a, a lot of people bleaching their own hair. Yeah. Um. I mean, for me, I. I kind of had a similar thing where, like, I never have dyed my hair until recently. But when okay. I was in high school, I did try to do the thing of, like, I don't know, I was putting, like, a lot of, like, sun in slash lemon juice. Oh, I did juice, all the sun in. Yes. Doing that combination. But then going in the the going in the going sun and then forgetting that I was also on the swim team, transitioning oh, yeah. right into that. And my hair sort of turned almost, like, gray. The way that, this. like, people are now having, like, a silvery do. On purpose. Uh-huh. And that was— it An was, accident. It was an accident. You're ahead of your time. I was in—I <laughs> was a senior in high school. I had gray hair. Nobody oh. else did. Mm-hmm. It didn't—it did not look good. Um, but did it feel good? You know what? Great question. No, I think that, like—so when I started high school, I was trying very hard to— like, I went to Catholic school. I had knee socks. I'm sorry. I'm totally listening, but you have great teeth, and it's mesmerizing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So sorry. Yeah. When I started high school, I had, like, knee socks, platform, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Whole thing. Steve Madden's and all this stuff. Skirt. Then by the time I was a senior, I had gray hair uh-huh. and, like, a choker and only wore pants. There was a ver- there was a big okay. transformation. I see what happened. What happened was that— <laughs> And I've sort of talked about this in the podcast before, but what happened was is that like I got a long-term boyfriend. Ah. And I think that once I had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. that I felt a little bit like I could kind of fuck around with what was going on with Absolutely, me. Absolutely, because I have that part on lock. So let me go play over here. And also, <laughs> if anybody was like, wait, what does any right. of this mean? I'd Don't be like, question it, it means nothing. Look right. at this. I yeah. got a man. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is unrelated to anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you had little boy's haircut. Oh, I tried everything, girl. I really did. Tell me. Because you just said senior year, and I remembered it wasn't my senior prom. It was somebody's senior prom. But I had now I had, like, red highlights that I had done myself, again, from, like, a box. And I had also done a bunch of fake tan, and we went to prom. And sure. my shirt ended up orange oh, and no. red. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But it's okay, because I knew how to party, so I, it was fine. Were you well-liked? I wouldn't know. If you asked me, no. But if you, like, saw the fact that I was running around and doing everything with everyone, I was I probably had a lot of friends. I mean, I would say, if I saw <clears> the person who had, like, the orange shirt with, like, the red, I, like, that would be, right. I would have a lot of affection <laughs> for that person. Because, yeah. like, I feel like we're all... <laughs> orbiting that but it doesn't right. happen to all of us so the right. person that that really like shows that <laughs> that terrible teen feel like to me that's that's a, a very lovable person yeah but maybe it doesn't wild. feel that way from the inside no it didn't but it definitely looked that way did you have a strong I mean, social life i mean i was doing a lot of extracurricular activities like there was one year i didn't even have a lunch because i had an extra math class so that the next year, I could have another chorus class. <laughs> sure, sure. I was in all the plays. I was outside of school. I was actually in a show choir that, like, traveled around and toured and stuff. Girl, I haven't told nobody this. No, I mean, I feel honored. <laughs> Those how were about, the years. How about in terms of people interpreting that as queerness? Was that happening? Because, like I said, for I mean, me, the presentation stuff that I was doing... I was clearly peacocking, but, like, I feel that... If you again, if you were not me or in my immediate family, you knew what was going on. <laughs> Everybody else can see this very clearly. <laughs> not me. <laughs> I tried. I feel like I was trying to get myself to understand who I was. And even it didn't make sense. Although there was a point in my life that I think it was in middle school that I would like pray at night to God to either wake me up as a man or a woman, but please make sense of some of this shit. Sure. Like, every night, like, come on, please, just make some sense of this. I don't know what it is, but, yeah, and I it mean, never happened. <laughs> well, I was, you said it's not, it never happened, but do you think that, that drag made some sense of that? Oh, once drag happened in my life, I feel like I, as a person, 
could breathe freely. Oh, wow. It, but in a way that, like, it was like a peace kind of a thing. That's beautiful. Because now all my crazy, all of, like, the, the experimentation, everything has a place to go. And then I can just be at home and sit down and go, ah. <laughs> What was the first drag show you saw? Do you remember? I don't remember the first drag show I saw. Nope. I do remember seeing Tu Wang Fu at my grandmother's house. I walked down into the basement and they're watching this. I said, what's that? How does the, how does, I mean, I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of the drag community, but also I am. <laughs> how does the drag community feel about that movie? I've, or like, cause there's some confusing, I was watching Roadhouse the other night, okay. literally like two nights ago. Cause it was on TV. Um, which is, if you're listening to the podcast, and you don't know what I'm talking about. It's like a Patrick Swayze movie where yeah. for some reason him being a bouncer at <laughs> a bar makes him very locally powerful. Like, it doesn't yes. totally make sense when you look back at it. Like, he's taking on right. the the economic... Hmm. The economics of a depressed town are all linked back to, to him. him, a bouncer. Like, he's really he's really responsible for a lot, but also so beautiful. It's Patrick Such Swayze. a beautiful person to watch move. Yeah. Incredible. And then Patrick Swayze also is one of the stars of Tu Wong Fu and... I feel like I haven't seen it in a long time, but I was thinking about the movie and how there's it's not totally that movie came out kind of at a time when like there was a in my mind some misunderstanding about what the difference is between somebody who's trans mm. and somebody who's a queen. One thousand like, percent. So yes. that movie's kind of riding a line where it's and unclear what So much of it is unclear, yeah. but from my own personal perspective, yeah. It was the first time I went, oh, <gasps> What, what, oh, you can do things like this? Yeah. I, I didn't even get to watch it because I got sent outside. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> that's how young I was. But you could do things like this? Now, living as a person in the world, as a professional drag queen, cross-changer, you go, that none of this is realistic. Right. <laughs> Ain't nobody is going to sit up, wrapped up like a Christmas ham 24 hours a day. Right. And <laughs> that's also, not happening. And also, like, that is a... Uh, because the premise of the movie also relies on the idea that multiple people in a small town, it's yes. the queens are passing as women, women, which again is like there's some really complicated I mean, trans a, stuff in there. Yes, like the, it's all mixed, there's it's a all lot to woven <laughs> in together um, <clears throat> which because they are things, presenting 24 hours a day right, as right. women. They're, they're so that's a different thing than yes. what. We know drag There's to There's a be. lot of gray lines. There's yeah. a lot going on in that movie. <laughs> that being said, um, I could totally understand being affected by that because I was affected by that movie. I mean, yeah. like those. I mean, the message of it at the end is that we're all drag queens. So beautiful, so loving. And then yeah. also. They really take care of each other. Yeah, they really take care of each other. And. Even though they don't like each other. And also like seeing Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes. And it was these straight men playing these parts. Yes. Which to me now as an adult goes, that's rad. It was rad. I mean, again, if these are supposed to be trans women, that is super problematic. But yes. if if that if they just <laughs> can we reorganize the script yes. so that it's not so that that's not included at all because 1, it is percent. incredibly beautiful. Patrick Swayze, like a teen heartthrob and also a trained dancer, so right. not fucking it up, which no. really matters too. Because yes. there's a world where this movie would just be like poking fun at and the drag throw community. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. No, and he they don't. Treat, and John Linguizamo is also like they do not every, treat everything like a punchline. No, yeah. even though they are hysterical. Yes, they are not the punchline. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's, it's like watching Nathan Lane in The Birdcage where you're like, oh, yeah. it's such a beautiful. Me. That's me. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> there's so much to love in those characters. It is just, it's, it's like unfortunate that some movies that I love so much and that make so much sense are just like written at a time when it like, I they needed like a few more edits, like a thousand more that. edits. Think about how the fact that it got made. I can't believe that that movie. <laughs> it actually got made I know. at the time it got made. I know. And that's also in my head why so many, so much of it is the way it is because they did have to get it past certain approval right. phases. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Which makes it go, woof. Yeah. It's also, I mean, a, like a posthumous shout out to specifically to Patrick Swayze. Mm. I cannot imagine 
being an actor and making that choice. Like, it's so I'm going to take that a step further and strong. say Wesley Snipes is a black man in America. Fuck yeah. Come on. Yeah, fuck and yeah. And he did that. Yeah, that's true. You're right. <laughs> no, they each of them played, like, such an integral role. Yeah. I know in my own personal life, I can't believe we're talking about this movie, but in my own personal life, when I look back, you, you realize they really did play a part. And John Leguizamo was playing a trans character, but it wasn't said that it was a trans character. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it is something yeah. that I feel like everybody listening to this should see. Like, I, yes. Yes. Knowing that it's... <laughs> there are some, like, really... Parts, but, there are I mean, some parts of it that don't yeah. hold up. You still are like, wait, this is... And also, maybe if you watch it now, you wouldn't know who Wesley Snipes was at the right. time. Right. And you might not be like, what the fuck? But, like, <laughs> at the time, it was a real... Yeah, it was like a real strong statement. Um, Huge for, juxtaposition to who for, he was. For those believe. for those men to, um, yeah, to put themselves in drag and do a good job. Yeah, they really did it. And like. I mean, I'd still get mad at them because here's why I'm mad. Tell me. Because when I show up to set, we're expected to be that. Yeah, 24-7. Girl, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it takes a hot minute. <laughs> right. To get me to sparkle like a Christmas can of Sprite. It yeah. takes a hot yeah. minute. I don't just wake up looking like that. I am not Beyonce. How long does it take you to put your Okay, like full real time. Thing on. Yeah. If it's just like a cute moment, we're talking like an hour. But it can take like <laughs> four. Yeah, that's for okay, Depending so a cute my, moment, an hour, but yeah. like a full moment. <laughs> it's gonna take like three, four hours. But that's like from, you know, shit shave and shower until you like walk out the door. <laughs> It's that a is, lot. It's a lot. I mean, I've talked to other queens, so, like, I'm not shocked by this right. time, except when I had to sit here and, like, breathe and really think about spending three to four hours <laughs> getting ready for my job. And, like, yeah. that's an incredible— It's wild. But is it is it at all, um, like, meditative and helpful to you, or is it just fucking annoying? Like, which, which one of those things? You dance between that. Okay, got it. <laughs> Because there is a certain, like, rhythm and flow to it. And I have noticed that when I, like, take a step outside of my um, my pattern, then it becomes very weird. And mm. I'm like, well, what do I do next? But if I just am in the rhythm and the flow, I'm like, oh, yes, she's here. Everybody watch out. <laughs> How does, oh, my God. <clears throat> no problem. Just choking at okay. thinking about your wonder. Doing great. Um, <laughs> well, how does it, going through all that and, like, stepping out into the world and you were talking about feeling peace within yourself. How does that affect the way that you feel about yourself not in drag? So, like, if you feel mm. great question, comfortable, beautiful after that four hours, what about on the day that you're meeting up with me and you've done what, like, uh, the amount that I've done? You know, like, we've done the same amount <laughs> yeah, today, we, which we, is, like, we, we, got, like, ready. we, we got, got ready. We got a shower and put some clothes yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how does that, um, how do you feel right now? To be honest, I'm really grateful that I'm at a place in my life where I don't have to do the three hours to get ready to go somewhere every day, all day. Because there was a point where the hustle was that real. Yeah. But now, I, when I step out the door, I'm like, oh, okay. Because I know that there's like the separation. And I'm going to come back to that, but I'm going to go do this real quick and just throw my docs on and call it a day. And you feel okay? Because I'll yeah. ask from, I mean, from my own personal, um, you know, experience, I guess I'll... I mean, it's like, it's shades of what you're talking about. But I certainly yeah, yeah. wear makeup if I'm going to be like on a red carpet or if I'm going to be on camera. Right. And for because me. Because you are very good looking. Oh. <laughs> but when I'm wearing makeup and then I go back to like not, when I then when I see my human face. Right. It's, it's, it's a little it's jarring. It's like a little bit you're like, oh, fuck. Like, like what happened to me in the night? Yes! But it's like, actually, everything's fine. This is just how you look. And I could imagine that if you're spending all of that time really mm. like sculpting and creating this look that. Like, for me, I I think, I just wonder if I would be able to love myself that, like, that much on my that normal, completely valid day. What happens is, for me, I started to realize how much I did put in to Vicky, like, the showgirl. And then I realized, oh, I'm not putting the same effort into myself during the day. Yeah. So if I just give myself, rub a little uh, frankincense on myself, you know, oh, yeah. put some earls on your face, and you go, oh, okay. I'm here too. <laughs> you know what? I love that. That is like yeah. actually that's so beautiful. Um, oh yeah. Because right. this is who I'm giving to the world, but like this is who I want to move through the world as. So I should yeah. probably pay attention to myself. You know what? Yes, actually, I like fully. But there was a hot I minute where I that. didn't. Yeah, I mean that makes sense to me. You know, it was like exhausting. <laughs> well, it's exhausting, but also the idea of 
I think many people who are listening, regardless of what their job is, I mean, this is why social media exists. We mm. all want to create a version of ourselves yes. to give to other people. Here's here's what I am. We all want that, yes. right? But then when that actually becomes something that you can do, you know, like <laughs> I go on stage and do stand-up, it's like, yes. I oh, I can totally script out what I'm going to say and you can think that's me. Right. You know, for a while that really works as a, I think for me that worked as a, like, I'm like, fuck yeah, I've got this on lock. Yes. I can control what other people think of me. And then, 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 then you kind of catch up with yourself and you're like, uh-huh, it's that catch up. This <laughs> is fucking exhausting. You Ooh. know, like I don't actually want to control everything around me at all times. I kind of just want people to like me. Like when I, yeah. Can don't... I just like not do all that? Yeah. Can I just not do all that? <laughs> Cause you realize how much work it takes. Yeah, It's fun when it's yeah. happening. Yeah. I could never do stand up. I feel like part of what I do is stand up, but I could never actually do it. Well, there's something about stand up. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, no, I was just saying, no, go. What were you there's saying? There's something about stand up that is even more raw and vulnerable mm. than singing in front of people. I mean, sure, like, even I guess like so, yeah. and slam poetry, like all of this, like when you are speaking your truth in a way. The thing about stand-up is that you have to create the tension and then release it. That is comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if if you are not paying attention to, it's like good sex. Like, if you're not paying attention to it, it can go south very quickly. You know, that's a really good point. I mean, for me, I think, like, that's exactly why I like it is because. Oh, okay. I, I see just, where you're going. <laughs> I just am somebody. Well, yes. Yeah, but no, I just am somebody who uh, I enjoy when things in life are at, like, a heightened I'm literally like Keanu Reeves' character from Speed or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. You know, like, and a, one thing I've had to work on is loving my calm, mm. normal human life because this is what we're talking about. The jazzed, like, I mean, your body is, you're literally on drugs. Like, when you're on stage, well, yeah. the chemicals and that also you're, on drugs. Yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> You are literally on drugs. No, but the chemicals that are in your body, like you are affecting your biochemistry, you know? Absolutely. And and so like- Oh, I fully believe that. That like, that trip, like that fucking hit of being up there, like that is so, that works for me. Nothing in the world can touch that. Yeah. And so I think it's then knowing that that's something that I'm chasing as a human. It's very- Chasing that dragon. It's very important to me (laughs) to like realize that and just be like, okay- yeah. And don't let that totally run your life. Yeah, because it can. And it, it not only run your life, but it can run like your heart space uh-huh. and your mental stability. Yep, that's right. More than just like your bank account and your friends. Like yeah. it really can mess with yeah. your own, like your self-confidence. Because when you realize that when you walk into Ralph's, that you are not the same person <laughs> yeah. that the spotlight was on. <laughs> you're yeah, just not. Like, that's right. You're picking up your cheese. You're just not going to be the same person. And if you are, you're probably like Jennifer Lewis. And that's exhausting. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, so here's what I want to ask you next. Where did you start doing drag? That's the question. Oh. Like, geographically, what city were you in? Here, L.A. I don't think I knew that. Okay, got it. No, it's okay. I barely knew it. I just had to remember. Um. Yeah, I was here in L.A. What had happened? This is, I try to tell this story, and I'm not afraid to tell the story because it is dumb luck that got me there. And people, like, say they don't believe in luck, but listen, I guess you can say my preparation met an opportunity, and that's what we can call this luck. But I was going to school at the Musicians Institute. I was really fully prepared to be a singer-songwriter. Like, that was going to be my stays. That's not how it happened. I had booked a gig with the promoter, and they were like, hey, we can't really afford to pay your band. Can you do it with tracks? Yes, absolutely. Had no idea what I was doing. Yes, sure. Because I was eating frozen burritos. Sure. <laughs> and ramen, yeah. like, yeah. living I on my friend's floor. I can do what you need, yeah. I will figure yeah. it out <laughs> to get this $50 right, check. Right, Yes. <laughs> right. And then the next thing I know, they were like, hey, so we can't, um, well, actually, no, they said we couldn't pay the band. And then they were like, we are only having drag queens. Because it's now a very, very queer event. And will you host it in drag? Have you ever done that? I said, uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. With my friend sitting next to me. Girl, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> okay, great. And just ever since then, that was the first gig. And I never stopped. Okay, so then you have this first gig. You don't know what you're doing. Not a clue. What did you do first? Undergarments? Like, where does one start? That's exactly when you've the never, problem. Well, you've never it done was track. awful. And I bought, <laughs> like, a caftan moo-moo moment from the Ross Cross Dress for Less. And then I, I got, well, actually, if we're really going to tell the story, I, 
because I knew I had to do drag, my friends at the time were like, well, then you have to do a test run because they were all performers. And like, you're not getting on stage unless you know what you're doing. So we did a test run and I got the highest heels I could possibly fit my foot in. Got a cute little outfit. I thought it was cute at the time. I looked back at the pictures and it was terrible. <laughs> but I was feeling myself and those shoes, one of them broke <laughs> that oh, <perfect>. night. <laughs> and I learned that when you can't walk with the heels on, you just lean on a tree for a while. <laughs> <laughs> And so that was that. Did you know how to walk in heels? No, not at all. I mean, I thought I did because I did as a kid. Like, I thought I knew what I was doing. Although this is my problem a lot in life. (laughs) I swear I know what I'm doing. But the whole time I'm like, I have no idea. That might be your problem or like that's. It's a blessing sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that's. (laughs) Just put the blinders on and go. (laughs) I feel like I have that. In that inclination to of just like actually sometimes even I'm the one like as opposed to just saying yes to the thing uh-huh. sometimes I will say to, like no I can totally do this to right people. like I'm cut like that's coming out of right. I don't know where like I look at somebody else doing it I'm like I can I've absolutely I've absolutely done this I that's in my exactly mind the feeling of, I even think I've done it it's like yes. not something I've done that's how I convinced myself to do drag I yeah. had seen somebody else do it and I went oh, girl I could do that I'm doing that now <laughs> like I'm looking at her this is me doing it yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't have it at all. Yeah. <laughs> what I did have was tequila that night. Sure. <laughs> and the, the first actual gig. And my heels were like, again, from like Payless or something. And they were like the shortest little biscuit of a heel. And I could barely walk on those. Took those off within the first five minutes on stage. I had the biggest hair I could find. I really just tried to do it. I'll have to show you pictures. I can't wait to see. What about now, today? Where This is something that... Who, how are you, how do you find your stuff? Where do you get your stuff? You're like, clothes. you know, I wish there was are like you, a store. Are you making it? Like, what do, what do you do? Some of it. I mean, I'm very terrible. I just broke my sewing machine the other week. I don't know what I'm doing, but I try to make it work all the time. Yeah. And drag is, for each person, it's different because undergarments are a very complicated situation. Right. Some skinny folks don't have the same blubba jubba that a larger person like myself has and you got you know some people don't mind their stuff moving around my tends to move a little jigglier than some others so I like to firm it up sure so I will have a bunch of spanks on yeah so nothing moves I wear three bras oh wow (laughs) I get me girl they read me all the time for this I wear three bras wait what are you doing with the three bras what does the first one do what does the second one do you gotta put your bubbies in there like the pattern for the bubbies to rise them up yeah you know I mean I have cute bubbies but I like to push them up so that like they're near my chin (laughs) I mean I actually feel like these are I can ask you some like pretty in-depth questions so if a woman were to stuff you know or somebody that wanted tatas yeah to stuff their bra, right. please wear more than one. Because if you wear only one, you end up with a lumpy dump. If you wear two, sure. it will like smooth it out, but it might not necessarily be as round. Oh. So <laughs> I put the one bra <laughs> to hold. I use pashminas. Don't tell nobody my secret. There's but. like a containment element. Correct. And then there's like a, and then there's like a shaping a, element. And then one push up, <laughs> one rounds out. Yes. <laughs> Are you using the Are you using the body that you have, or yes. are you using padding? Well, sometimes I put the padding on, but sometimes I'm late, so I just leave my, my ass at home. I mean, I feel like <laughs> there's there's got to be like a a little bit of a. I'm literally I'm pulling this out of my ass, but I can. So great. you're you're talking about like a super a super skinny queen has like has to add a bunch of padding. It, I mean, it really depends. It really depends on what that person is what and is does. Doing. Yeah, right. Because like there, I've seen drag queens who are doing like aerial acts yeah, on silks. Exactly. They're probably not going to want to pad. Right, right, right. Fair <laughs> enough. And like I've seen enough. Yes, I've you know seen enough. But I, I know mean, for those saying. who haven't seen it, like the, it, for each person, it is individual, and yeah. like it depends. Like if you really want the body, audi, audi. You're gonna wear more pads, because I guess I'm. I mean, I'm imagining that like you kind of are in a an advantageous position if you've got the <laughs> yes. bod to use to yes. position in different ways. When you can mush it around, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that seems true no, to it, me. It yeah. really is. I mean, I, and I know this. This is also why I laugh at some of the girls that have to put on the entire couch because I already am <laughs> the couch, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, well, first of all, you look amazing, but also, girl, I know, girl. yeah, but also, um, it's, but it's true, rad that, to have, yeah, to have some benefits to, there's, there's benefits to all different types of bods. There is, absolutely. And even with like makeup wise, I would say that the more fluff you have on, 
it's you're, you're going to be softer. <laughs> oh, yeah. And more feminine. Oh, my God. Right. Of course. That makes sense. And you're this is this has the potential to sound racist, but like Asian men definitely can turn feminine very fast. Whereas if you have some Nordic men, hmm, not always as easy. I mean, I, I think that that is it's as racist as we are um, like what we consider to be feminine yes. features. Yeah, and I'm and I'm right. Just, like you know what I mean. Like I, cause yes. the other thing is that we also, I think, just as a culture, I'm just very aware that when I say things, happy. No, I mean, I, and I'm glad you're saying that. But it is. I think there's like a larger conversation to have there mm. about like who we think has a feminine face versus who we think has Absolutely. a masculine face. Like, Absolutely. like that we like, for instance, like the like the butchest cis straight Asian man is still in our culture often perceived as being. Very feminine. Yes, like that's this just is the, the larger conversation. That's the um, that's the America that we live in. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me that yeah. that would that in drag that would translate to, um, you know, we just have but this we is have also very why, specific notions about what we think yes, certain types of people look like. Yes, and this is why I say that out loud. Yeah, because we need to be talking about this. So what, like, for you, what mm. what features? Like it, when you're when you're looking <laughs> at your face, I just watched you look at me so hard. I'm looking at your face. I'm like I know I'm very good looking. Yeah, you're yes, definitely. <laughs> when you when you like what are the features that you feel like you have to spend more time transforming versus the stuff that you feel like this already works for a queen? Is that something that you break down? Um Yes. Like, what are you I working mean, the hardest on when you're trying to? I will say the eyes. And when you do makeup, eyes is probably the feature you need to spend your time on. Hmm. Because, like, you can mess around with contouring, highlight, low light, all of this. But if your eyes are not right, it's going to, you're not going to do it. It's, you're just not going to feel right. Nobody's going to believe you. Talk to me about this stuff. Eyebrows. Oh, the, the eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> I have little nubs, as you can see. Yes. <laughs> because it just tells me where to start. Yeah. Are they are they shaved? Do you shave yeah, them? Yeah, I shave the rest of them. Because I know that's... Some people glue them the house down. They just glue the whole right, right, thing right. down. When did you decide to go with shaved versus something else? Oh, from the you beginning? know what's really embarrassing? I actually shaved them off before a friend of mine's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time. And then I went to her wedding with these huge black eyebrows because I put them on with a Sharpie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, but the reason I did it is because I, before that, I had been using my my, my own brow. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't cutting it for me. Like, I really thought for a while it was it. I was like, yes, I'm a real woman. <laughs> no, girl. Because you're, like, trying to go higher, right? Yeah, yeah, I go a little bit higher. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is also funny. Have you, when, since you've shaved them, have mm -hmm. you, have they grown back at all? Have you tried to have them grow back at all? There's times, but it gets to like the prickly pear phase. Sure. And I'm like, I can't, I can't even look at it. <laughs> so it has to come off. Eyebrows are also <laughs> such a specific thing because. They are. Anybody that, like, it's interesting to. Wait, have you, please tell me you've seen like the red carpet photos where they like erase people's eyebrows. Oh my God, no, but that sounds amazing. It's hysterical. People look wildly alien. Without eyebrows. I did a sh I did like a photo shoot where I was trying to do um, Ziggy Stardust. I was trying oh. to do like David Bowie makeup and I did the whole thing. And I, something that you, he is such an unusual looking person yes. that you might not know. I didn't realize that <laughs> in the original photos for that, he doesn't, he, his eyebrows are no gone. Eyebrows. He has like removed them. They're mm -hmm. covered over with white. And so that my makeup artist, when she was doing this for me, was like, I think we have to cover up your eyebrows. And I got the photos back. And I was like, you have to add my eyebrows back in. Like, like, like somebody had to digitally add them back in. Because on him, it it's looks okay. like he just looks like the normal alien that he is. Right. But on me, it looked very different. Um, yeah. You do have great bone structure. I'm over here watching your cheekbones hit the light every time you uh, move. And it's really nice to look these at. These are from my mom. I feel very happy about them. But, you know, I I went pretty hard on my eyebrows in the 90s. Like, Did I you? had, like, like, bigger. I had the ones that now everybody, like, thanks a lot. <laughs> 20, 20 or whatever. I for, wonder, do they do like eyebrow transplants? I know that, that they thing? definitely have people. I know people who have them like, you know, tattoo filled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or shit like What's that. What's it called? Microblading. Yeah, yeah. because because of the 90s. Because of what happened <laughs> Those 90s, to all of us in the 90s. Something happened where they went 90s. real pencil thin. so thin. 
It's Drew Barrymore, really. Like, yeah. she is the source of that in my mind. Like, she went so pencil thin, then everybody went pencil thin. I mean, for a moment, it was yeah. all right. It but was they right. didn't tell everybody it was going to— It's not going to come back. <laughs> nope. That's why I was asking. I don't know what, how it works Because I don't shaving. tweeze them. Yeah. So I shave them so they can come so back. So they can come back. Yeah, tweezing, you're—it's a real—you're fucked. Yeah, it's also—I don't wax them either, like— there's everywhere else I would like to wax, but that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to wax everywhere else? No, I shave most everywhere. How long does that take? I mean, I do it in like a rotation, so it's not like. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not doing it all I one day. I learned this from a friend in my very early 20s. He would shave his arms one day and his legs the next so that it wasn't like I'm spending an hour in the shower every day. Right. Yeah. So it's wow. like top half sometimes. Sometimes I'll just nail my back, you know, every, once every couple of weeks just to wow. make sure it's all cute. Wow. So when you get some, you know, you feel right. <laughs> you know, because the worst thing is when, like, you're really trying to feel yourself. Mm. Like, when you go on stage, I don't know about you, but there's, like, you, you check yourself. Yes, I got this. You know what I mean? Or you look in the mirror and you give yourself that last look, like the wink, and then you hit it. Everybody has their thing. If you don't feel right, you're not going to act right. That's true, yeah. So you got to feel the part. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, you got to get rid of it all. Sometimes you can, like, ignore it. But some, some days, you know... Oh, I really should have shaved that toe. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and like it, you, it messes with your head. Like for me, there's this thing that happens every so often where my right eye will water and I have all the makeup on. I oh, feel no. gorgeous, right? <laughs> I feel it. And then I look in the mirror and I can just feel the wet oh <laughs> welling God. up in the eye. And I'm like, God, to be more careful, because then for the rest of the day, all I'm worried about is my eye. Yeah, sure. And I'm like, I and can't never even, the left, huh? No. Just I mean, that and if it is, right it'll eye. be like every other year it's yeah. the left eye. But if it's the right eye that want to mess me up. <laughs> but you have, just to like circle back, you have zero body hair. Like, well, or, or at the like moment the, she's growing back, but yeah. Got it. That's like the, well, that's what you're trying to maintain. Because I'm Italian, German, and Moroccan. So it's, the body hair issue is real. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get it. I'm Italian. <laughs> she said, I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, Wild. I know. There's a, just, there's a lot to unpack. Well, it's a lot to, it's also like, because <laughs> I think about, I, you know, for my job, I mean, to, to your point of feeling good and then being on stage, yeah. I have gone through like a transition in just the last couple of years of, I used to wear like skin tight. Everything was like very tight. I would wear like a skin tight shirt, t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Then like a, a leather jacket or a jean jacket or something like that and then like skin tight pants and then boots i was I like fully have this vision of you in my head yes. skin tight and now the last like year i've been wearing like a little bit more like this level of tight clothes right. which is still like ish form fitting yeah. but it is like much more we'll say tailored billowy yeah <laughs> there's some room <laughs> right um and i don't know i just i think it started because like a, i was I was like going through some personal, some personal shit. And I was like, mm. I cannot, like, I just, <laughs> like, I can't like, this, right. like I can't, I don't want to. And yes, I can't, I know this feeling, um, but I have been also kind of interested in like, well, this thing that I was doing, you know, why was that the only thing that I would show people versus right. like this slightly more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still like the shirt is literally like tailored or whatever, but it's like not, a t-shirt. But you have room to breathe. I have room to breathe. But right. you don't ever have room to breathe. No. As, well, actually, I give myself the room to breathe. You do? Yes. I hide it. In <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'll wear like a loose thing on top and like a, a, a tight thing. But so I'm not, I don't feel restricted, which is why sometimes I won't put my ass on because I have to, because of my shape like a potato, <laughs> when I put my hips on, I have to duct tape them so they don't fall down. And I basically, it's like a duct tape corset. There's no breathing. Bending over is awful, and it's just not fun. How is your how how is your body like with with the years of? I mean, like <laughs> oh, that's like, really wild. How is your back like? How awful. how is your? your I actually your stopped ribs, <laughs> shit like that. How so are embarrassing. you? embarrassing. People give me crap because I don't like to wear heels all the time. I will wear house shoes on stage. I just say it's part of my character. <laughs> <laughs> Fully wear house shoes like the fluffy, <laughs> fluffy <laughs> slides. I'll put them on. I'll rock that on stage because, look, I'm over 300 pounds. And when you have me on little pegs for hours at a time, I turn into a very mean person. I mean, I can't. I don't wear heels for the I, for that. <laughs> and I don't it's know. just like I'm I, my own health and safety and sanity. I'm going to wear this flat real quick. 
Wow, then how is, okay, here's a question. Because I started off trying to show off and now I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Leave that for the young kids. I don't Answer care. me how somebody like Heidi Klum is still wearing the shoes she's wearing. I'm assuming you are <laughs> a, a, a spokesperson for Heidi's. Uh, I, for I, Heidi. I doubt she's wearing them at home is the thing. Yeah, but like. And when your paycheck is, is lovely enough, you you'll put it on. Yeah. You All know, right. when it's part of your game, when that is who you've decided, like the Marilyn Monroe that you are, yeah. that's what you put on when you leave the house. And when you come home, you kick them in the closet. Like, yeah, fair put enough. that away. That's fair enough. Because really, that's the work. I mean, it sucks that sometimes it's very painful. Yeah. But that's the work. Yeah. All right. Fair. Yeah. You know, like, jobs we're, are we're jobs. Not, we're not mining. For coal. Right. We're just <laughs> putting on stilettos. I think sometimes, I mean, even I, knowing that, I think sometimes it's easy to forget that just because somebody has like their dream job or the job they were shooting for, that it's not amazing all the time. Like, even though I, I forget am having this experience myself, <laughs> I forget that for other people. You know, like, like I'm like, I know that I know yes. that being a stand up comic means you are in hotels by yourself a lot. Like, I know that like right. dream job, but you're fucking lonely. Like, that's yes. what, you know, but I, I still forget that for you. Like, I'm like, <laughs> but everybody else is doing amazing. You right. know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I've said it before. I'm living a dream. I don't know whose dream this right. is, <laughs> but this, this isn't what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, very often that happens. My, my back is, I feel like every drag queen is kind of like always needs a day at the spa. Yeah. Or a chi- or the chiropractor. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Stretch it out. Mm-hmm. What is your, when you first were, when you first got to drag, or, or actually maybe this is still true now. Hmm. Like the folks that you that knew you before, the folks growing up in yeah. Jersey that we were talking about earlier maybe didn't 100% know how to place you or maybe did or your family like right. how is everybody else um think like how do they think this is going for you how, how do you have any do you, do you I mean, hear feedback from people kind of it's a mixed bag what do you um, hear from people well the people that were closest to me in the past are like oh finally it makes sense you know <laughs> but then the ones that were maybe further on the outskirts they have just fallen off yeah and which I don't mind because, you know, season, reason, lifetime, people are there for one of them. Sure. And sometimes I got to go. Right. Oh, and my God. Wait, I've never heard that. Season, reason, lifetime. Oh, yeah. that's really good. People. <laughs> Why have I not ever heard that? People Jordan, come, <laughs> write Jordan. it down. Yeah, write people it come down. into your life for a season, season a, a reason, reason, or, or a, a lifetime. lifetime. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It is true. And sometimes you just, I don't really pay too much mind when somebody got to go. Either I can decide they got to go or they've decided. And What about your family? Are you close with your family? Do you guys? Parts of my family, yeah. I mean, I'm really mending things with my mom. Things were wild for a while. And I actually didn't speak to her for like two years. Can because, we talk about that at all? Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like a big inhalation. Yes. Because. Yeah. Um, tell me. There were things that I just needed my mom to like admit happened. Because I was at a point in my life, I don't need anyone to apologize for anything. Actually, you don't even have to take responsibility for anything, accountability, nothing. I'm aware that I participated in my own life events, however I did. I just need you, if we're going to move forward, to acknowledge that that these events happened. Wow. I don't care what you did. That's not what I'm talking about. Can we just say this happened? And to me, I felt it was awful. To me, you might not have seen it, but can you just say that you know that it happened? Can we talk about what those events were? Are you open yeah, to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what were the things that you needed her to admit happened? Well, for me, I don't know that my mom ever realized how abusive my father was. Like, I don't know that's heavy, but like it, it we can, I'm I am here for this. <laughs> like that's not you're not stressing me out. Okay, it's, great. We're humans and I'm yeah, interested. It was it was really scary for me growing up because my dad being um fresh off the boat from Morocco had very old world ways. And I was raised here with American kids. That was one juxtaposition. And then I was also my queer-ass self. And he didn't know how to deal with that. And I have a mouth on Mm me. (laughs) And something about me is like, because I'm like a weird empath. So a lot of times I reflect back the energy that I'm being given. Some people can't handle that, especially when they feel like they're an authority figure. Right. And I said, well, why do you get to do that? And just a child going, but that doesn't make sense. Well, that didn't sit well. And, you know, 
when he missed me, he went through the wall kind of a situation. And I'd be afraid to like wake up in the morning. I'd be afraid to come home. And my mom just, you know, trying to be the peacekeeper, not necessarily was in denial, but I really don't think she saw it. I don't think she, she saw what happened afterwards. Like she knows that she had to pick me up when I was in 10th grade from school, take me to the hospital because I had drank a fifth of Jack Daniels on the school bus in the morning because of the the abuse I got at school and at home. It was just all too much. And I was trying to take myself out. My mom was also with me when I was in on suicide watch in the mental ward because I was just going through it and I didn't know how to express myself and I didn't know how to communicate what I was going through because she didn't see it and my father was the problem or not the problem, a problem. (laughs) Yeah, you You mean like for her, maybe it's there's a system going on in my family and you're like, I'm a child in this system. Like this this is coming at me from one direction. Yes. Is what, what, um... I Where just, is your dad now? Is he um, still he in relationship in, with your mom? No, no, no. They divorced. Thank God. I tried to get them divorced when I was 12. That became another situation. Sure. <laughs> sure. It became a whole other situation. But like, so some of the big stuff, like, so I would not bruise. This is, again, very heavy. I wouldn't bruise. So one time I got my foot caught in the door and I had a bruise. Not from my dad, but I finally had a bruise on my body. So I went to a counselor at school to ask for help and said my dad did this. Well... I came home thinking I was okay because I had finally told somebody, nope, here's the police with my dad at the kitchen table, and now I have to go talk about this. Wow. (laughs) Did you have siblings? Yeah, a younger sister and then a younger brother. Oh, so you're the oldest too, which means that this kind of, I would imagine you Mm -hmm. have a sense of responsibility. Yes, I took the heat. You're the the one also that's going to disrupt the system. You know, if you're a child, I can imagine thinking that. And I just feel like my mom... She knew that I had a hard time, but she didn't know exactly where it came from or why, because she wouldn't talk about stuff, being Italian. Mm-hmm. She just didn't talk about that stuff. And in the household, my dad, <clears throat> again, not blaming him, because, you know, I actually am really grateful for all the trauma I've had now in my life. I'm really grateful, because there's no way I would see other people the way I see them today without not feeling seen myself. Oh, wait, say more about that. Do you mean that it made you, like, more empathetic or like yeah. do you mean it broke me open it didn't break me apart yeah if that makes sense so yeah. now I see people like I know when you're hurting before you know you're hurting because I can see it I can see my own in people and I feel like it's giving me given me way more compassion and empathy if anything yeah because I've owned it I've owned that I also played a role in this do and what, what role do you think you played in it um, or what have what role have you owned that you played in it? Just being present, like being that kid, because this is a bigger conversation. It's kind of meta that I believe that before our soul comes here, we kind of have an agreement. Like this is the game; these are the rules. It might not go the way you want to go. <laughs> this is a possibility, and it might feel negative. And this is a possibility, and it might feel positive. But either way, the point is to figure it out and get to the end. Is if, if that's like the quickest, easiest way I can say that. But there's kind of like what I would call a soul contract before we came into this life. Because I don't think you could do anything without agreeing to it first. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's... Which is, it's kind of scary because then you get into like really heavy traumas mm-hmm. that I don't want to say that anybody asked for anything. That's not the case. The case is that your soul and you are such a powerful being that you basically absorbed that pain because you can transmute it. I don't even have, I like I'm going to have to take three to seven months to process what you're saying. I know. I mean, it's not, it's, well, speaking just about, you know, like just about you and I, um, Mm. I hear what you're saying. You know, when I look at my own, so I, I like, I wrote a book and yes. this book involves some trauma. Like, yes. like I'm talking about trauma. And I didn't know that when you write a book and you have to read, like I read the audiobook, mm-hmm. and you just do it in four days. Yeah. So it's, first of all, the director's like a stranger. 
It's he's he's a man. He's so nice. Right. He's a man I do not know. Do not know. He's it's I mean, me. <laughs> it's him. And I'm reading for four days, like speed reading through the worst things that have ever happened to me, and <laughs> right. also like the, right. the best things. But I just mean like this man has to hear a, this right now. There's just a guy <laughs> over there being like, uh, "Can you take that sentence again?" And I'm like, "When I was sexually assaulted, you know, like it's yes. like it's like all very right. intense, right? In some ways that like I just did not know, <gasps> um, because it was your life because." And- it, you, and, you know, <laughs> writing it all out, and it it takes a minute to write a book, but like reading through it in four days, yeah. seeing everything that it's it's so complicated. I've been really s- sitting with this for the last couple of weeks since I did this, of, since I read the since I read the book to be like, it's impossible. We can't we cannot know our life without the events in it. Like so the yes. so you know I always would say the thing of like, well, I would have. You know, I never would have chosen to not have these things, but that doesn't even, that's kind of irrelevant because mm. it doesn't even, it doesn't matter what you would have or what you wouldn't have chosen. This right. is where you are. It, you are where you You're are. You're the person so. who had these experiences. <laughs> yes. And um, I don't know. I think sometimes as, as a queer person, I can get a little bit caught in my own mind. I can't tell if this is like an, it gets better effect where like we're, we're sort of continually pitched these ideas of how queerness is now more accepted. And we mm. see stories about like they're 12 and they came out and everybody was fine with it. Yeah, and I don't so believe it, but yes. it looks, I don't I actually don't, I don't <laughs> totally, either. but I, but I look at that and I, sometimes I think about my own life and I wonder, Oh, oh why did I then have to have these things? And then I have to take like a little bit of a bigger view and go, well, like, it's not like straight people were fucking crushing it. It's not like right. it's not like my straight best friend <laughs> got to date everybody they wanted to right. date and, like, have the body and the gender presentation that they wanted the entirety of their right. life. It just for me, I can sometimes, I think we're, like, steeped to look back at our lives and either present this idea that we're totally okay with everything yeah. or that we never would have chosen anything different or that we would have done it all again in a new way. I don't know. It's... I- I'm a very hodgepodge mix of all of the above. Yeah. I'm really trying to say what I'm, how I believe, because I don't want people to think that like <laughs> you came into this life asking to be assaulted. I don't. That's not it at all. What it is is, if if you could step outside of like the wildest situation that has happened, and I'm not saying that evil people are a blessing. I'm saying, imagine it from outside that like if you're literally you know how they say all the world's a stage and we're just merely players now what if that was actually the case so that this person volunteered to be the villain in your life in order to create the um the friction and the chaos for you to grow immensely by leaps and bounds in this one lifetime yeah i mean i hear what you're saying it's just it's the, the because the one thing I no, never want to do is take away the magnitude of anyone's trauma. Because for them, that is their personal world. And I can never say for me or for them what anything should mean or yeah. how to interpret anything. But also you're somebody who, I mean, you're... Look, you describing your childhood and talking about this stuff, it sounds to me like you would have to kind of come up with a system of beliefs that makes this make sense. And I'm not saying yes. that it, I'm not saying Thank that it you. isn't no, no, real. No, 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 that's exactly I just what mean I'm saying. Like, For me, I've had to do this because otherwise I don't know that I would still be standing. Yeah, and that's, you know, for like, that actually, that's, it turns out that's, why like religion exists is because right. like for all for all of human history we've just been like help I you have know, to like, make sense of this yeah. somehow that's, and for that's me why that's why music exists you know it's it's absolutely. all we're all just trying to figure out like why did this happen to me and what yeah. am I supposed to do next completely that's, that's kind of it's kind of the whole thing so yeah. you know you talking to me about how you have worked through this stuff and I want to hear a little bit more about so you. You know, you've said to your mom, like, you have to accept that this happened. Yeah. Did you did you state that to her openly? Oh, yes. And then h- how I was that out. received? Um, what did she say when you said that? Once again, she gave me the platitudes of, like, I love you so much. And then I'm like, Mom, I know. That's not the question. The question is, are you capable of going back and seeing how we got here? 
Because there's a reason that you and I aren't connected right now. And that's the reason is because we have two different perspectives of the same event. And until you admit that my perspective is for me and yours is for you, because I'm not saying yours is wrong. I'm just saying, can you admit that I have mine? Sure. If that makes sense. Just acknowledge that that's how I got here and how you got there. At some, right. There was a fork in the road somewhere. We can get back, but I just need you to acknowledge that you turned left and I turned right. Sounds like you're, it sounds like that is you asking her to like acknowledge that you're a full person, you know, because yes. like as a parent yeah, yeah, yeah. and, or actually anytime you're in a familial relationship with somebody, they don't, they exist in your world. Like, like I'm the center, <laughs> I'm the star of my world and this is my sister, you know, like it's like, <laughs> like that's, you know, that's so, very me, right. You know, like, <laughs> very me. right. So, so in her, in her mind, you're the. You know, you're the child yeah. to her central story as yes. her being a person. I think it sounds like which is why what I you're asking for is her I'm actually an, I'm actually a person right. where where you are a secondary carry character <laughs> in my story. Yeah, I never thought about it yeah. like that, but yes, yeah. I mean, it took a while, but I, but she got there. She really did because now she can talk about stuff and like bring things up that like bothered her. I'm like, see, that's all I've been wanting you to do all along. You don't have to hide nothing. I was there too. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. You don't have to carry this alone. Well, I mean, sometimes that's possible. I'm so glad that was possible for you. I yeah. like, I, I mean, I feel like sometimes. I'm really, like I said, I'm really lucky. Well, sometimes I feel like, and this isn't just with family, you know, with literally could be anything from like an employer to mm. a, a partner or former partner to anybody. It is really alienating when we feel like, we have a story that someone else doesn't believe. Yes. Like, and I think. This is also why I have my podcast because. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what a beautiful transition. Is, yeah. Doing great because I, somewhere along the way, realized that what you're exactly saying is that just because I have these set of beliefs and these events were true for me in this way, somebody else can see it completely differently. And it is 100% true for them. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do to change that. I just have to accept that. Right. And go, like, <laughs> for me, oh, so you, you had an alien encounter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> because you, yeah. I, I haven't. Right. That I know of. I mean, there was this one dream I had as a kid, but like that's. <laughs> neither here. Neither here nor there. Nor there. <laughs> What, like so, with anything, I have to go. Oh, okay, that's how you tasted that. Mm -hmm. Or also, oh, the sky's a different color of blue to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, this also breaks down to. Ooh, I love talking about stuff and things. Yeah, I, I mean, really do. I mean, I'm just thinking about like. <laughs> This is the same thing that we're talking about right now in, like, the American political system or mm. in people that are, like, <laughs> racism is real. And then, you know, a white How, and then a white person being like, uh, and yet I see black people <laughs> around me. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, it is we – are, we are obviously this thing that we're talking about, which is that different people might experience things in a different way. Yeah. Is not <laughs> universally accepted as true. <laughs> no. And it, especially when it comes to like really polarizing things. Yeah. One of the through lines that gets me to like find my way to empathy and compassion is that opposing ideas or opposing forces are actually not separate. They are of but one thing, just varying in degree. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, in opposite sides of the... Like, if you have a magnet, same. you, you yeah. have the positive end and the negative end. It's not a different magnet. It's the same magnet, just right. the energies have moved to the sides. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how I have to go, okay, so you see a whole other side of this. And we're probably not going to agree right now. Mm-hmm. That may change. And that being said, my side is right. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been a... a a pleasure talking to you. I feel like we got to a lot of different things, and yeah. guess what? It's 57 minutes. You're lying. No, we've been talking for that long. That time went It's like by. done. We're, <sighs> it's, we did it. Can you believe that? Well, I mean, I can because we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before I send you out into the rest of your day, 
Yes. Will you shout out a queero, which person, place, or thing made you feel like you could be who you are today? You know what's wild? I was I actually told this person. I got to tell this person. Fuck that yeah. Ross Matthews. I oh, remember yeah. Ross watching Ross part. Matthews on um, the Tonight Show, and I heard his voice for the first time, and I like, oh my gosh, it's possible. Like it's possible for my wild ass to have a gig and to go- move through the world. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing when you get a chance to. Oh, I, that to that I pulled him aside and said, listen. But then I felt bad because I feel like when I told her, I was like, so when I was a kid, and he's not that much older <laughs> than me. <laughs> yeah, but like, that's something that we forget about. Um, like, not that much time has always passed. <laughs> yes. Like, for instance, I have people that come up to me after shows all the time and are like, I watched you when you made those Ask a Lesbian videos when for BuzzFeed when I was in middle school. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, what are you saying? But then I remember that for some people in the audience, middle school might have just been right. six or seven years ago. Like, it's not like that's right. actually what's going on. <laughs> it's not it's not 45 years ago. Right. <laughs> but it's just it's just that they're a different age than I am. Anyway, yes. um, it was a pleasure. And congrats on the new podcast. Me. And yes. I can't wait to listen. Yeah. Doing great. Yes. 